Welcome to the Ultimate Bowls Podcast, brought to you by Henselite, Choice of Champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian-owned, Australian-made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools, corporates and events. Now here's your host, CEO of the UBC, Mark Casey. Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Bowls Podcast. My name is Mark Casey. Thank you once again for joining in, as today we speak to Australian Jackaroo, Barry Lester. Last week, it was great to hear from Canada's Ryan Bester. Ryan gave us an insight of how his career started out, then his progression to now becoming one of the world's best players. This year, Ryan's representing a new team in the UBC, the Broadbeach Lions, a team owned by Chinese international Mr Yi. So we'd like to wish Ryan and his teammates, Ryan Burnett and Kevin Anson, all the best for the season ahead. Today, Barry talks about his move from Melbourne to the Gold Coast. He shares some moments that he'd like to forget on the green and also gives us an insight on the amazing year that Dandenong Club had in the UBC in 2019. Before I chat to Barry, I mentioned last week that I'd like to keep you all updated with any decisions in regard to the UBC events. There are still many discussions being had. However, I can say we're working on a way to try and get a super week of UBC events with all three events being held in the one week at the one venue. As you can imagine, there's still many things to work through. However, this is going to be the best outcome for the competition, so we're definitely working hard to to make this happen. As soon as a decision has been made, I'll be happy to inform you all on this podcast moving forward. Now for the exciting part, let's hear from the man himself, Barry Lester. Baz, welcome, mate. It's great to have you on the podcast. Tell us... How are things in the world of Barry Lester during these challenging times at the moment? Hi, Case. Thanks for having me on the show, mate. It's great to be involved and well done for getting a podcast off the ground. A really good initiative and anytime the sport of bowls has been promoted through media streams, I'm a pretty happy man. So well done. Uh, I've been pretty busy working at the club still. We've been closed for about three weeks, just doing some stuff um, outside with Michael Turner on, on the surrounds and doing some maintenance there. Also inside doing some paperwork, some planning, some policies, procedures, just thinking ahead as well as doing some touch-up work around the club uh, with a bit of painting, etc. with Justin O'Donnell, the, the CEO. But our board's been brilliant and so has Justin. And, yeah, we're getting through these tough times and I'm thinking of everyone out there and it's hard to be patient sometimes. And resilience, well, it's really testing our resilience. But the Bowls community, from what I can see, the last few weeks has been as tight as ever, which which um, is probably something I'm really proud of. We've been supporting one another through various streams and yeah, it's great that um, we can all come together in these testing times. But thinking of everyone and um, hopefully we get through it and flatten this curve and, and we'll be back out in the greens in no time. Yes, exactly right. You recently started a new role with the Burley Heads Bowls Club up on the Gold Coast. How was this going prior to the club closing down a few weeks ago? Yeah, loving the job at Burley Heads case. Uh, been in the role now six months and probably looked at moving to the Gold Coast a couple of times across my bowling career. And when the job presented itself, Burley Heads Bowls Club, I looked at it straight away. Tremendous location. Yes, not one of the biggest clubs on the Gold Coast, but a club that has, you know, a, I guess a big personality in terms of where they want to go, the location, and great great management, young manager and Justin O'Donnell. And the big move, mate, the busy lifestyle of Melbourne to the relaxed Gold Coast. How are you and your lovely wife, Miranda, enjoying the sunshine? Yeah, really big move, but we, we're we really happy up here. We're really confident that, 
you know, this is where we want to live and uh, it's a great opportunity both for my work and, and Miranda's work, working in the beauty industry. And yeah, with the weather being so good all year round, great, great uh, bowling greens, great lifestyle. Yeah, it was it was definitely um, hard initially in terms of the whole move, but and having to sort of leave family and friends. But once we settled in, we're absolutely loving it, mate. We we keep fit and active and, and make the most of the sort of outdoor conditions with the nice weather and that. So yeah, Gold Coast spent a lot of time up here over the years competing and making friends and. Yeah, it's been a great move and absolutely enjoying it. It's it's a really beautiful place to live and I must admit, very, very less stressful than, than Melbourne. Everyone is a lot more laid back and, and chilled out, which is which is good because um yeah, sometimes we probably take life a little bit too serious and up here on the Gold Coast it's it's definitely a nice relaxed atmosphere, mate. Mate, you're a bit of a fitness fanatic. Without question, you're probably one of the fittest players on the bowl circuit. Please share some things that you focus on that help your bowls game. <laughs> Thanks, Case. Oh, look, mate, just growing up, always, always competed in heaps of different sports. I think the sport I really loved probably as an early teenager was my cross-country running, so 7, 8, 10-kilometre cross-country running. That was uh, something I did a lot of. I didn't carry any weight as a, as a teenager. I was pretty lucky in that area, but loved my long-distance running, loved my swimming. I used to swim laps at the local swimming pool before I went to school and got professional coaching in my swimming and I loved my swimming. So, uh, yeah, so being fit is, is good and I like to maintain being fit. Not always cardiovascular fitness, so not always doing cardio work, but I think strength and conditioning as well. So making sure my the areas that are used a lot when you bowl are not only strong but flexible and and um and ready to go so i talk of my core so which is around your torso your your abdominal muscles uh, lower back your glutes your backside and then especially your legs um i really feel the game of bowls is played in two places and that is in your legs and in your head and if your legs are strong and they're not um buckling on you and you haven't got any knee issues, etc. I think you'll get a lot of um, a lot of years out of your game if your legs are strong. I think you'll probably notice in a lot of sports, and bowls is definitely one of them. When your game does start to deteriorate, you might find that you are getting some some lower body um, issues in terms of your knees, your legs, your hips, and so on. So um, definitely one to be mindful of. It's not always being physically fit, but just work on your strength and flexibility because uh, at the end of the day long days on the bowling green you want your legs to look after you so yeah mate love um love keeping fit i ride my bike to work still go over to the beach for a bit of a swim um yeah but uh i I feel as though if if i'm physically fit and strong that i uh my mind is the beneficiary baz i must say well done and congratulations once again on your selection to play in another world bowls championships mate i know you're a very uh, very proud and passionate player um, that represents their country this must be yet again another special feeling for you thanks very much mate yeah my second world championships i I probably i probably really can't um believe it because you know with what's happening at the moment we we've had a lot of distractions and at the time i was selected i was obviously over the moon and then within a few weeks it was yeah time to shift our attention to to what we're going through now but 
we're staying in contact with the Jackaroos and the Bowls Australia staff pretty closely, and it's been great. Uh, the high performance program's been great. We're doing a lot of Zoom meetings and teleconferences and staying in touch with one another. And, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, hard times, but we're obviously very exciting with the, the news that the teams won't change, and we're going to go back out there in 12 months' time and and compete against the rest of the world, all the best players from all around the world. And I remember as a kid growing up, my mentor, John Snell, would speak so highly of the world championships, of not only his experiences, but what it took to, to play at that level and all that. And I, I just remember sitting down with that, with him for hours and hours and taking in what he had to talk about it. And I was just sitting there as a young kid dreaming about playing in a world championship. So to play in my second... Yeah, absolutely honoured and I respect the performances and the past players that have gone out there and done it and and got the results and what they've achieved and you just want to carry that legacy that Bowls Australia has and and our Jackaroos team. So very proud to to play in the team, some some great players in there and I love playing with um, you know, not only my Jackaroos teammates but I love playing with the youth as well, seeing the guys like Alan Ryan and Aaron Tees and Corey Wedlock coming through. So very exciting team to be amongst and we just hope that we can yeah, go deep and, and bring home some gold for, for Australia, mate. Looking forward to it. As one of the veterans in the Australian team these days, you've represented your country for a long period of time. You've been on lots of trips. Has there been one tour that you've enjoyed the most? Yeah, it's been a great journey, mate. Not only just on the green, but off the green. Had some great experiences and I think the thing I've really loved doing is travelling whether it's interstate where, you know, you might head to Western Australia and, and, and witness some beautiful places over there, South Australia, Queensland and so on. Darwin, I really love my trips to Darwin. But, uh, oh, mate, the UK Tour 2013, uh, we played multi-nation series in Wales and Glasgow. The, the trip to Wales itself, the bus trip from Heathrow Airport was great just to see all the landscape uh, all the countryside, we saw a few castles, river streams following us there, little windy roads. It was just great. And to get to Lindrandod Wells, a beautiful little uh, town in the, in, the, in the hills of Wales, and seeing stone fences and around the bowling green and an old stone club, beautiful club. And the members were so great there and everyone looked after us so well. So that was a great experience playing in Wales. The bus trip up to Glasgow after spending a week there, seeing more countryside was great. And then uh, Glasgow itself was a great place to, to compete for a couple of weeks. We were quite successful on the greens there. I played my 50th game for Australia in Glasgow. We walked away with the overall trophy for the men's and the whole experience of Glasgow was great. Um, playing at Calvin Grove, the home of the 2014 Commonwealth Games, the shopping, you know, I love my shopping. You were there, mate. You, um, yeah, you saw me come home with plenty of bags under my arms when I'd been out shopping. And um, yeah, the one for me, probably nearly the standout of the trip was going to the Champions League qualifier to see uh, to see Celtic play against Shakhtar Kalagandi, and Celtic had to win that game to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, so yeah, to see a packed house witness all the the local culture and the soccer it was just amazing so that experience was great and uh, to hear that song you'll never walk alone sung inside that stadium live was just amazing so that was a amazing trip lots of laughs lots of good times and 
uh, something I'll cherish forever. Yes, that too would have to be one of my favourite ones as well, mate. Uh, I think culture's been a big part of uh, Australian bowls, over, particularly over you know the last 15 years. Um, so going overseas with a big group of mates, uh, the big squads has always been great times. Mate, uh, what are some of the things that you'd like to share with our listeners that they probably wouldn't know? Any funny moments that have happened on the green? Well, yeah, it's probably one of the best things about the sport case, sharing stories and, and having a laugh. But I'll quickly cover two off. They both involve um, the 2013 UK tour. The first one was when we were in Wales. Um, we were playing, I think I was playing with you in a triples game and Brett Wilkie was a couple of rinks down and he was playing in a singles game. And Brett Wilkie was leading, I think, about 9-7. And we saw this commotion happening. He was, him and his opposition, Jonathan Tomlinson, were chatting to the umpire, etc., etc. This went on for a while. And anyway, they went on to complete their game and Brett Wilkie won. But we soon found out later on that Brett Wilkie was using three bowls of one type and one bowl of another. So uh, he'd ordered two sets that looked quite similar, but he actually used three aero grooves and one aero maximum for the first, I think, about 10 ends of the game. So that was quite funny. So well done, Wiz, there. Um, But, yeah, to probably look at what I then followed up with about a week later, uh, my mistake is... I'd always carry four bowls in my bowls bag, and John Snell used to always say to me, don't separate your bowls, don't leave your bowls. But anyway, I, for some reason, left two bowls in my motel room one morning, knowing that I'd be probably leading in triples or fours that day where I'd only need two bowls. And at lunchtime, Steve Glasson comes around to the group, reads out the teams, and, and I hear Barry Lester and Mark Casey pairs, and my heart just dropped. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I don't think I've got three bowls, obviously with the pairs being three bowl pairs. I've quickly, discreetly, ran over to my bowls bag, look in there, there's only two bowls. And I don't like to change my bowls too much, so I've quickly gone over to our high performance staff, Faye Luke and Peter Brown told them, and they've rushed back to the accommodation. And I'm looking at the clock, our game has to start very soon. I'm looking at the driveway, waiting for Peter and Faye to pull in. And anyway, yeah, they didn't get back in time and I had to borrow some other bowls. So that was a bit embarrassing, cost me a lot of money that fine. And um, lucky enough, you played really well and I scratched a little bit, but we went on to have a really good pairs win that day, mate. So thanks for saving me. <laughs> yes, I remember that well. I'm glad you said it because I was definitely going to bring that one up and I'm sure you'll never forget that one. Uh, moving on to the UBC, uh, we're currently in the planning phase, as we've said, um, about our next events. Uh, one option, as we've spoken about, is having three events played at the one venue in the same week. Uh, we'll promote that as like an ultimate week of UBC. I know playing for a share of 500000 in one week sounds very exciting. What are your thoughts about this? Well, the position we're in, Case, yeah, obviously none of us are experts, but if that's what has to be, that's what has to be. And I'm imagining when this is all over, the bowls calendar is going to be absolutely jam-packed. So... I know I'll be reaching out to as many bowls coordinators and associations, e.g. Gold Coast, Bowls Queensland, uh, as soon as possible and really um, seeing if we can get across what events are going to be when so that no one's double booking, so to speak. But if it means that we have to have a super week, um, so be it. I think everyone will be quite compassionate with that and I think that's something all the whole bowls community needs to remain is compassionate about the position we're in. Clubs, officials, event staff, coordinators, 
etc volunteers will be doing all they can to make sure that we get out and bowl and we do it and we can all do it quite evenly and we're not all cramming our events next to each other but um mate if it's a week of bowls playing ubc bring it on and um yeah looking forward to it it's um it's hard times that we can't get out and compete at the moment but if we have to put all all the events into the one week bring it on exactly right let's hope we can get back out in the green in the near future mate we all know you love playing on on tv on the big stage Tell us about your first year in the UBC with the Dandenong Club. Yeah, what a year it was, Case. Uh, to play in the first three events, to finish first, second and third. Yeah, if we had have uh, written down that script at the start of it all, we would have taken it for sure. So um, just to play in three final series is a massive achievement, but really, really proud to be involved in Dandenong Club. Wrapped to play alongside two good mates in Gary Kelly and Wayne Tilly. But Charlie Daly, chairman of the board and, and his board, great vision to be able to get involved and and uh, also Rob Wilson our, our coach he's a ripper he he just oh, he's just a good bloke to be around he's a great supporter and and a real good um, communicator um, Ross Dunlop the CEO of the club he's just a uh, great bloke and you know he's on our level and he he just yeah he gets a lot of um, I guess uh, good feeling about being around the players and seeing where the club's going so yeah he's a great manager and Rob Sharp, well, he's just a he's just a genius, and what he does at Dandenong Club, he's the marketing sort of manager, and always communicating with us players. But yeah, love getting out on the TV, love um, bringing the passion, bringing the vibe, excitement, and uh, yeah, great to get some success along with it for the first year and be be crowned overall champion. So, uh, mate, I don't go out and try to be anyone else. I just go out and be myself and. Yeah, you just got to really harness harness the crowd, harness the music, the cameras. You got to really take it in, accept it, and 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 then use it to your strengths. So that's what I aim to do, um, and and that's really just be myself. So now, um, love competing in front of the cameras if possible. If not, just got to bring it one hundred percent all the time. And um, I've played a lot of bowls with Wayne Turley over the years. We bounce off one another really well, and, and Gary Kelly and I do the same. So we've got a great combination with great support staff, and it's been a great first 12 months in the UBC. You guys won a record amount of prize money for our sport, a whopping $155,000. This is obviously a great promotion for our game uh, right around the world. Uh, how does this make you feel? $155,000 for Dandenong Club. We were pretty wrapped in, in winning that total amount of prize money. At the conclusion of event three, we were crowned champions. You can walk away with a little bit of prize money. It's just a bonus. But for me growing up, I took up the sport because I loved the game. I could play with my dad. I wanted to go on to play at the highest level. And if someone said you're going to make some money out of it or pick up some money, that would have been just a bonus. And and I never thought about that as a kid. But um, yeah, I just love to compete. And, and I think if you put... TV cameras and, and the sport out there and the mainstreams of media and some decent prize money, I think it's always going to be a great promotion for the game. If you look at darts now, the way it's getting promoted, the crowds, the players playing up to the crowds, you know, the TV. If you look at tennis and golf and all, they've all got great, great TV exposure and big sponsors that support it. So through these testing times, we're going to continue to ask and, and, and be... Uh, I guess supportive of our sponsors and major organisations and ask them to keep really supporting this great product 
of Lawn Bowls. It's um, not going anywhere. The members, the players, the clubs are going to be as resilient as ever. And we're going to get through this and keep promoting this great game and see we get it out there on TV even more. Thanks, Baz. It's been great having you on the program. I'm sure our listeners loved hearing about some of your stories and we look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Thanks for having me on the showcase and I look forward to getting back out on the greens for UBC in 2020. And now we'll move on to our segment, 60 Seconds with a Star. Best player in the world. Aaron Sheriff, Alex Marshall, Gary Kelly, Karen Murphy, Joe Edwards. (laughs) I hope that helps. Your greatest achievement. Being able to represent Australia across three decades. I debuted in 2005 and on track to represent Australia next year at the World Championships, so pretty proud of that, mate. Favourite sports person? Cristiano Ronaldo. He dominated English Premier League, dominated the Spanish League, dominating the Italian League, left and right foot, ultimate professional. Favourite sports person in the world. Favourite ever holiday? Fiji. I was in Fiji in 2016 when the Olympics were on, when Fiji won their first ever gold medal in the Rugby Sevens and the whole village was crying and celebrating what an amazing um, country Fiji is, great people and recommend it to anyone. Favourite sports team? Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea! I <laughs> uh, love my football, love my Chelsea Football Club, pride of London, managed to see them play a couple of times over the years and yeah, whenever they're playing I try to watch but love Chelsea. Favourite movie? Probably a movie called Radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Ed Harris. A true story. It just ticks all the boxes. It's it's a, a great sort of community story, and it's about giving people a chance. So um, yeah, love that movie Radio. I recommend you go and watch it. Favorite song? A song called Turn the Page. Originally sung by Bob Seger, covered by Metallica. Great lyrics and. It's sort of a motto I stick by in life. Turn the page, you know, keep moving forward, keep um, starting a new chapter. Person in sport you respect the most? Roger Federer. First ever coach? John Snell, OAM, my first ever coach. He took me under his wing and taught me a lot about the game, uh, mental side, how to prepare for games, and so on, so on. So, uh, John Snell, forever indebted to his time and and everything he shared with me as a kid growing up. Toughest opponent? Mark Casey. I have never ever beaten you in a legitimate game of singles and I think it's because we're good mates that whenever we played each other you would always go up a notch and make sure you beat me. I uh, found you always tough. I think it might have been a left-hander thing or maybe you were just better than me mate but um, very very tough opponent. Best advice you've been given that has helped your game? Probably um, being good at bowls or being good at any sport is like being good at any profession. You need to study, you need to learn, you need to understand all the ins and outs of what you are doing. In bowls, it's not just about rolling a bowl down the green, it's the mental side, it's the physical side, it's about the preparation, it's about the recovery. So um, study. If you want to be good at your profession, you need to study. If you want to be good at your sport, you need to learn. So read books, watch YouTube clips, etc. And, and um, that's something my, my coach, John Snell, was great with me. I used to uh, watch his old games, his old VHS tapes of big games he played in, and I'd study everything about the sport and try and learn as much as I could. As I'll do each week, following our interview, I'll give you another insight on the player that we've just spoken to. And 
it's fair to say, having played alongside Barry for a number of years, um, particularly representing Australia for probably five or six years together, I can say there's no one as passionate about the green and gold as, as Barry Lester. He puts in so much hard work, both on on and off the green, uh, particularly on his fitness. He, he's at a level where um, he's definitely beyond anyone, particularly in the Australian high-level bowls, um, and he really focuses on the team environment. He's, uh, he's a fantastic teammate. He always puts his team first, and he's just a, a great... I guess, great player to have around, particularly around a group. I think it's fair to say over the last three or four years, his game has gone to another level. He's always been a a really great player, but um, his game has reached a level where I think it's fair to say now that he's the number one lead in Australia, which I know personally he's been working on that for a number of years. And uh, it's fantastic to see him reach that goal. And, um, you know, we, we all hope that he can continue on and, um, provide that platform for the you know the likes of you know the Australian great players of Aaron Sheriff and Aaron Wilson and we've got Aaron Tees coming through now. There's so many talented players in the Australian team and uh, I know Barry deserves his spot and we wish him all the best for obviously 2020 and then moving on to a big 2021 where he'll be representing Australia, no doubt, for for many more years to come. Next week, our Ultimate Bowls podcast will feature an interview with the queen of Australian bowls, Karen Murphy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to you tuning in next week. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Bowls podcast. Brought to you by Henselite, Choice of Champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian-owned, Australian-made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools, corporates and events. If you'd like to be involved in the UBC, it's easier than you think. Click on ultimatebowls.com.au for more details.